You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. We want to talk about how to deal with life tonight, how to deal with life. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse uh, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate in the com- and be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did pr- predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? Talk about how to deal with life tonight. And uh, God, right from the beginning, the very beginning of time, God had made a decision of what uh, he wanted his children to be like, what he wanted his family to be like. And uh, uh, he followed it up by calling his people by his name. And uh, thank the Lord for the power that happens to us in baptism, and we're called by his name. And uh, uh, he has set a, a solid base for himself, and uh, he wants it to be established to the very end, amen, that each and every one of us would be able to get through life leaning and trusting on him. That's his goal. His goal, listen, he's not upset when you need him. Oh, it's the opposite. He, he, he's your heavenly father. He actually is pleased uh, when you rely on him and you put your trust in him. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Amen. He wants you and I, amen, to trust in him, to be like him. Amen. And so what, what is Jesus like? He's, he's like the fruit of the spirit. And you find that in Galatians uh, uh, chapter 5. Uh, we'll, we'll read through and, and, and look at a few things here uh, of what it's not like and then what he is like. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. Sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, Paul said, as I have before, that everyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he produces this kind of fruit in us, love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there is no conflict with the law. And uh, what the Lord has desired, obviously, is for you and I to be like him. He wants us to have our lives uh, fashioned after him, 
every one of those fruit of the Spirit he represents. And he knows that if you and I are going to get through life the way he desires, we've got to follow after him, be like him, search after him, seek him, and desire to be more like him. Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, but we all with open face beholding as uh, in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. He wants a transformation to happen in yours and my life to be more like him. That's what he desires. Paul writes to the church of Galatia, and he said, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So not becoming a god ourselves, but becoming more godly. Not an imitation, but a habitation of God in our life. Not just being like Jesus more than that. Amen. We want Jesus to be in us all the times. I don't want it just to be words. I want the power of the Holy Ghost to transform my life to be like him. Amen. It's not enough for me to say I have his spirit. His spirit has to be changing my life. His spirit has to be transforming my life. I have to allow the power of the Holy Ghost to heal things in my heart, in my life, in my spirit, in my mind. I have to allow the power of the Holy Ghost to transform my life. The Holy Ghost uses truth to produce Christ-like character. That's what it does. The power of his word with his spirit changes my character. That's what it does. And um, if I don't have his spirit, I will walk after the flesh. And if you walk after the flesh, uh, that's not a good way to live. You want to walk after the spirit of God. So you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so I want the power of his spirit to produce a Christ-like character in my life. If I'm going to deal with life, I've got to have his spirit. Got to have his spirit. The Holy Ghost uses people to produce Christ-like character. So it uses truth. And it also uses people. And that's why it's so important to have good influences. That's why it's so uh, important to be around positive people and make sure that the people in your life are, are, are being a, a positive influence and not divisive. You don't need divisive people in your life. You really don't. Div division is simply two visions. You don't want two visions. You want to be unified with Christ. And so you want to have people that produce Christ-like character in your life. And thirdly, the Holy Ghost uses circumstances to produce Christ-like character. It uses truth, the power of his spirit. It uses uh, uh, people, and it also uses circumstances uh, to produce Christ-like character in my life. Amen. When, uh, when, when, when one does follow after God, and you're living life to the best of your ability, truth and people will uh, be part of that influence. But mostly, it's circumstances. 
because we have them in our lives 24 hours a day. Listen, you might not always have people in your life 24 hours a day, but I can guarantee you, you got circumstances. You got circumstances every day of your life 24 hours a day. And God has a purpose behind every situation and every circumstance. Everything that's happening in your life is not a surprise to God. Our circumstances are like ingredients in a cake. They're not good alone, but when they work together and they're all put together, mixed up and cooked, I mean, there's something tasty. Oh, you don't like cake? Give me a break. Listen, when I come in the house and I can smell that those ginger snaps are being made, I mean, there's an aroma that fills the house. Now, my little woman, she's really good to me. She even saves me a bowl, not cooked. I like it like that, too. I just don't think about it. I just like it. So she always saves me a little bowl. And then, folks, when those smelly good cookies are sitting on that little tray, and you haul out a nice, good-sized glass of milk, and you sit down and have a couple. One's not good enough. You sit down and have a couple. I mean, there's something that affects the, the senses that happen inside. You can you say, well, I'm not in the sweets. You, you just live your way. My wife's going to continue to make those cookies until I die. She can make them every day. Wouldn't bother me at all. Because there's something about that all being put together that affects the, those taste buds. Well, every circumstance in our life, I mean, God's got something that's working together. And I can tell you, maybe... Each of those things separately is not good, doesn't taste good, you don't like it. But listen, when you look back over the last year, the last five years, the last ten years of your life, and you see how God has developed the fruit of the Spirit in your life to allow the experiences of those circumstances, amen, that have come to your life to make you who you are, there's a good feeling of where you used to be and where you are now. When you're in it, it's hard to see. When you're involved in it, it doesn't feel good. When you're part of it, oh, you're like, I want to get out of this. I want to, God to take it away. But when you look back later uh, at the things that have happened in your life and you see how God uh, has been faithful and has brought you through, uh, amen, you can thank God for his faithfulness uh, of uh, allowing you to deal with the things in life. Amen. There's things you can expect. Different kinds of problems in life. First of all, you can expect trials. They're designed by God to draw us closer to him and to build our character. 
There's trials that will happen in your life that will cause you to fall upon God. Say, God, I can't do this without you. Those are problems in life that come your way. No one is immune to them. Secondly, temptation. Temptation is, is designed by the enemy to draw us away from God and to destroy our character. And there's always going to be temptation. But temptation is not sin. Only the yielding to temptation is sin. You're going to have trespasses. You're going to have people who hurt you. It's called life. It's the way it is. And you're going to have those scars, and you're going to have those memories, and you're going to have those things that have happened over your time. And, and, and there is a healing that helps uh, get us through, and, and we, we do heal in, in certain circumstances and situations. But there are going to be trespasses, and there's also going to be trouble. <laughs> trouble is usually the consequences sometimes of our own choices. I make Choices, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. So you're going to have trials, and you're going to have temptations, and you're going to have trespasses, and you're going to have trouble. That's life. You're not, God's not punishing you. He's not, doesn't stop loving you, and he doesn't, he, he doesn't, uh, it's not that he doesn't care about you, and none of those things. You're going to have to deal with life. The difference that you and I have is we've got someone to help us through. You've got someone to help you through. See, the storms of life are caused uh, by different reasons. Jonah got in a storm because he was out of God's will. Paul got in a storm because others were out of God's will. And the disciples got in a storm because they were in God's will. They didn't think they were at the time. Jesus is asleep in the boat. But when he comes and wakes up and they say, God, we're, 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 uh, we're not going to make it here. And he, he says, peace be still. Amen. They were right in the center of God's will. In each of those circumstances, there were storms. Uh, and so there's going to be trials and temptations and trespasses and troubles. But the key thought is that different kinds of problems, uh, they will require different kinds of responses. And how, in you, how you and I respond is whether we get through life in a proper way. You're not going to stop the trouble you're not going to stop the trespasses. You're not going to stop the temptation. And you're not going to stop the trials. The only thing you can, you can control is how you respond and how you deal with life. If it's trouble, that means it's my fault. Then I've got to repent. Listen, if I, brought, if I brought trouble on my life, it's not your fault. If I flew off of the mouth or did something stupid, or it's not your fault. I need to find an altar of repentance. My response, if it's to blame you, I'm going to be in big trouble. Okay, this is Sunday night. You don't have to get all quiet. 
I can't blame you for my trouble. You can't even make me angry. I choose to get angry. Okay, are we in a Pentecostal church? I'm getting a lot of nods, but. Your choices is in how you respond to trouble. What is it that you're going to do when a trial comes your way? Run to the Lord. What are you going to do when temptation comes your, your way? Flee from the lust. What are you going to do when trouble comes your way? Fall upon your face before God. What are you going to do when trespasses come your way? Forgive in a way. Your response when trouble comes is that you and I need to repent. If it's temptation that comes your way, my way, that's when we need to resist. You ever get caught in a situation where you wish you didn't respond? Sure. And the flesh didn't resist enough, and you responded. Do you know what? There's been so many people make so many of those mistakes. They now have it that you can undo text. I don't know how to do it, but the, you can undo a text. The crazy thing is it says you've undone a text. <laughs> so someone still knows that you didn't really want to say that. They got that there just for a little. I had that happen to me. I don't know how to do it, but... Someone sent me something, and then I saw text undone. I don't think they wanted to say what they had to say. Listen, when temptation comes, you got to learn to resist. Listen, that's the power of the Spirit that happens in your life because our flesh wants to give in. Our flesh wants to uh, take control. Our flesh wants to be in charge. Uh, but when temptation, if you're going to get through life, you're going to have to learn how to resist. If a trespass comes your way, you've got to learn to release it. Because I'll tell you what, a trespass will eat you up. It will cause bitterness to take root in your life. And bitterness, the Bible says, will, will spring up and many will be defiled. Not just you. It'll affect your life, your family, and the people around you. If a trespass comes your way, you've got to learn to release. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm, not tell, I'm just telling you, if you're going to get through life, you can't hold on to grudges, and you can't hold on to things that have hurt, and you can't hold on to the past, and you can't hold on to all the things people do and say. You've got to learn to release it if you're going to get through life. Trespasses are going to come. If you're dealing with trouble, you got to repent. If you're dealing with temptation, you got to resist. If you're dealing with a trespass, you've got to release. And if you're dealing with a trial, trials are allowed by God. You've got to rejoice. Say, Pastor, what are you saying? Well, that's actually what the Bible says. 
You've got to rejoice in your trials because God, what he allows is not to harm you, hurt you, make you look silly. No, everything that he allows in our life is to make us have a greater relationship with him so that we can get through life. Will you, will you stop saying, if you're saying this, that someone else has got it easier than you? Unless you've walked in someone's shoes, you have no idea. They may know how to deal with life better, but that doesn't mean their life's easier. Make sure, make sure that if you're dealing with trouble, you repent. If you're dealing with temptation, you resist. If you're dealing with a trespass, release. And if you're dealing with a trial, learn to rejoice in it. I want to get through life, and when I get to the end of life, I want it to be that I'm closer and stronger with God than when I first started. I don't want it to be that I call myself a Christian, a Pentecostal, been filled with his spirit for decades. I don't want it to be that I don't allow myself, amen, to learn how to deal with life in a better and more efficient fashion as Christ grows in me. Take what he is, that fruit of the spirit. Oh, Paul wrote all about the things that were negative, and then he said, here's what will help you through, love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. That is what will get you through life. Amen. All the talents you and I have, all the abilities you and I have, none of those things really matter when it comes to whether we're dealing with life. It's about whether Christ is in us, whether Christ is working in my heart, working in my spirit on a daily basis so that I can just deal with life. Some people wish they had a different life. I've heard people make statements like, I wish I lived in a different time period. I wish I lived in Bible days, and I wish I lived in a different generation. No, God puts you right where he wanted you to be. You're created in his image. He will not bring anything more on you than what you can bear. That's a promise of his word. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise of his word. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of his appearing. That's a promise of his word. All things work together for good. That is a promise of his word. Hold on to the promises of his word when you're dealing with life. It's what will get you through. This too shall pass. If you're in the middle of of a situation, circumstance, even as I speak. Don't run away from God. Run towards him. Fall upon him. Let his mercy and his grace deal in your life and get you through because his mercy is everlasting and his grace is sufficient and his love is unending. Amen. He will get you through this life that you are in. It 
is a good life living for the Lord. It is. It's a good life living for the Lord. In comparison to what it could be, it's a good life living for the Lord. Well, pastor, this is wrong, and that's not right, and this could be better. That could be all true. Amen. But when trouble comes, repent. And when temptation comes, resist. And when trespasses come, release it. And when trials come, rejoice in it. Because God will help you get through life. Music come. I get unique responses from time to time. People that say, it looks like you never have a bad day. I kind of chuckle in my spirit. Because there's a lot of times that lots of difficult things happen in, in troublesome days. Trials come and temptations come, trespasses come, and troubles come. But there's a leaning upon him, a relying upon him that each and every one of us have access to, no matter who you are. You have access to let the Lord help you through life. Can I tell you, the tendency of our flesh is to run in the opposite direction of help. That's the tendency of our flesh. Something happens in your life, you become isolated. Some temptation that you've had and you yield to it, the enemy will try to make you be convinced that you can never get back up. I mean, all kinds of lies. Take yourself back to the Word of God and hold on to the promises that He didn't start something in you to stop and give up and quit. Uh uh. He doesn't even change his calling in your life. But pastor, this, this, these many things have happened. That doesn't change his calling. He knew we were going to be making mistakes since it started. He's knowing. It's not a surprise to him. He knew that difficult times were going to come through our life. And people are in this church that have come out of very negative situations of their past and that doesn't disqualify you doesn't disqualify you at all people have been through very difficult times in their life even as they have lived for God and that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about you Is everything in life the way it should be? No. But the circumstances that happen in your life on a 24-7 basis are not to harm you, but to help you be able to learn how to deal with life. Look at the text that I read to you. And we know 
that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. He made a decision. He made a decision for you to become his child. And he called you by his name. And he established a covenant with you that he wanted you to make it to the very end. Not the one who runs the swiftest, but the one who endures to the end. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. That's a completion of life. It's not how good you started. It's how well you finish. How, how to deal with life. The dealing with life is God never started something to quit. He never started something to give up. Let the power of the Holy Ghost through truth, the power of the Holy Ghost through people, and the power of the Holy Ghost through circumstances make you who he wants you and I to be so that you and I can get through life finishing well. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. No greater words will ever be spoken over your life than that. That you got through life and you did well. That's the goal. Stand if you would. God, I pray for every person that's in this place tonight, every person that's watching or listening online. Some people, Lord, that are having difficulties with things in life, even as we speak. Maybe things have, that's been difficult to get over from the past and things that have happened, Lord, that people are having difficulty dealing with and overcoming. Maybe there's things happening in people's lives right now that are challenging, God, and maybe there's trouble. There's trouble in people's lives even right now. God, help us, I pray, to rejoice in what you're doing in our lives, God, because you're, you're the center, God, of what our life is, and you're the balance, God, of our life, and you're the reason, God, that we live the way we do. And, and God, we want everything of our life to be growing and maturing and becoming more like you. Maybe there's some trespasses in people's lives, some hurts, things that have been done and said. Help us to release that tonight, God. Help us to resist the temptations of life. And God, help us to repent. If there's trials in our life, God, that troubles Jesus that we're dealing with, that have caused us to stray in some way, help us just to repent before you. Say, God, I can't do this in myself. I can't do this on my own, God. I need you to help me get through life. This life that we're living. God, let your power and spirit be upon every person in this room right now. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.